like getting soft dick undressed. The way I hit the mic, average best. Stage presence, oh hell yes. But no one's ever said picturesque. Nevertheless, poverty doesn't have walls like black, like white. These ideas and mine divide. Black and white views, they lock my eyes. Let the soldiers ride and die. White privilege walls, they're built with pride. I know this as I walk privileged lies. How much do you trust eyes to find? Thin veil, collect, set eyes to blind. All I know is not the trust. Voice views, dangerous. Framed, framing us in another's eyes. It's like Lynch framed us to think we decide. We, we, we decide. What, what, Mr. Willie Lynch? Divide? Mm. Guide us in, this is the ride to die when all the mixed up music ends. Cold crash from the inside in. Hitch hot ass slap cock back in all of them. Willie's got us on us again. Willie's got us on us again. Will never fight, but he always wins. Willie's got us on us again. Will never fight, but he always wins. Willie's got us on us again. Everyone knows what time it is. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. What's up? What's up? It's your boy, Ace Cannon. This is Curious G, and we better make this fast because I had to turn my AC unit off for this motherfucker. Hey, what's a bit fucking hot? <sighs> oh, if this is your first time tuning in, yes, you will hear words like motherfucker. We do practice self-censorship, but we really don't believe in censorship of any kind, <laughs> which means that we're going to try to be careful and respectful when we talk about topics. The topic today is going to need some of that shit. I can tell you that right now. Um, the other thing is we're perfectly human. We are not experts on anything. If any of these conversations arouse your interest, I suggest you do a little bit of research yourself, mm. but track down some experts because we ain't that. Mm -mm. We are two rappers talking truth to power. We here, man. Mm. Mm. And my man here never knows what the topic is. I don't know anything. Until we get into the goddamn show. So, let me ask you a question to start this motherfucker off right. Quick. Do you know who Willie Lynch is? Willie Lynch? No. I uh, I know when you... I say this all the time, and then you start talking, and then I'll tell you the story of who it is. But I'm assuming that it's someone who... Mm, Lynch Files? I mean, I was going to... Yeah, I was, I was going to try to figure out how to... I don't know, man. I can't okay. think of it. Okay. So some people say that this is a conspiracy, and some people say this is some real shit. All right. Let's I, go. I really don't know, okay. to be honest Now with I'm you. excited. But you've, you've heard of lynching? Yes, I have. Okay. That comes from Willie Lynch. Uh, okay. Okay. That Will, was my assumption. Willie, Willie Lynch was supposed to be a man from the West Indies. He was a slaver. He owned a plantation. And he came to the United States to show plantation owners how to break a slave, how to control a slave population, which was often outnumbering the basic, you know, the slaves compared to the plantation owner, outnumber them by, by a lot, mm -hmm. right? So how are you going to control this large number of people, right? So the song that we did this week, Lynch Mob, right? Um, and I'll get a little bit into why I wrote the song, but... Um, that's, that's the dude, Willie Lynch. Do you know anything about this dude now that I've refreshed your memory? Um, I know, no, I mean, I know, I know I've heard it before. I know that 
I, I know the premise of it because I've heard Dave Chappelle talk mm. about it actually. And then he ended up talking about the pimp. He did it to like a pimp, to like breaking, <laughs> breaking his hose. And it was very similar. And he was like, he talked about in one of his standups and that's where I- Well, I, you know, his thing is brutal yeah. and I'm not going to go too much into what he actually wrote, but some of the, some of the stuff that he instructed was you need to divide the slaves. That's the best way to control them. Divide the slaves. And the way that you do it, the light skin gets certain privileges, the dark skin are in the field, right? Yeah. Put the light skin in the house and the you know, and and give the privileges to the light skinned and make the dark skin hate them <clears throat> and make the light skinned ones feel like they're better than the other ones, right? Divide them by age, the young and the old, pit them against each other, right? Divide them by sex, men and women. And the way they would do this is this is some of the stuff that, that Willie Lynch explained. He said, you got to break them like a horse. It's funny. You got to break the bitch. Break them like, like a horse. Yeah. So what you do is you bring the male in and brutally kill him in front of her, right? So that she will always remember that her protector is not him. Ooh, that's some code. That's because code. what they said is you've got to get the slave's mind to look at you as the only source of hope. Think about that. I mean, that's hard. And he said that if you do it right, that this will last for hundreds of years. Yeah. 300 yeah. years, he said. Yeah. And yeah. So... <laughs> Now, now, some people have debunked his letters and all that stuff, but you know this has got to come from someplace. Um, well, hundred percent, because the premise of what was used there is a lot of what gets used today. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's nothing's changed. You know, it's boomers. You're giving titles to everybody. Gen Z, you're already pitting them. They're like, you're Gen Z. You're a boomer. You're this. You're this. You're a millennial. Yeah. 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 You know, you're same thing money, like the power of, you know, conversation about weight, like wage gap, men, women, another one that you're talking about like there. And the same thing. I mean, black and white is real. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, so they say quote unquote again, but like white privilege is a word that's used. So the, the day that we talked about, and I asked you to identify yourself and the first thing you said was an American, I'm American. and that shocked me, Yeah. but I have white privilege. Right, yeah. I have white privilege, and this is part of the privilege. And I know there's there's some white people out in the audience that might not really understand um, white privilege, and maybe some of them do. Maybe some of them are all woke and in, into the shit. I don't know, mm, but but it shocked me that that was the first thing that you said, and I it, it put it in perspective for me because I can never really truly understand what it is to be a minority in this country. Mm -hmm. In in a lot of ways, I've been a minority. Right, but I can't really understand. Can you give any insight to what it means to be in a minority in this country for you? Well, <clears throat> we just talked about this today, and I was talking with my uh, a coworker of mine, and I, I we made kind of a joke, and I just um, I said every time a color person makes eyes with each other, we always say "What's up," mm. and he goes, "Huh, really?" He goes, "I say it all the time." And just like a joke. And I was like, no, no, it's literally like, yo, what's good, man? What's good, man? If anything goes down, we got each other. Right. And he goes, it's like that deep. Mm. I go more than, you know, bro. Oh yeah. And I, but the thing <clears throat> it's, um, it's very easy to see how perception plays. And I'm a really good example of it. Um, because there's two versions of me. 
Yeah. There's corporate America. There's hip hop nonstop. Uh-huh. Ace Cannon. The way that I get talking to when I'm dressed up in my work clothes in comparison to when it's not, I notice a big difference. Sir, everything. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, sir. Never hear that really on the other way. You know, so you, you notice that. It's this little thing is about like, <clears throat> like I wear a backpack everywhere I go. I've just always been a backpack guy. Right. And um, like ever, yeah, anyways, um, I've had people follow me around. So then what I'll do is I'll just walk around randomly for 20 minutes for fun. <laughs> and then I'll turn around and say, you tired yet? Do you really? Oh, I've definitely done that before. Oh, that's awesome. Dude. Yeah. And the thing is though, too, um, you know, and we notice little things because it's also, <clears throat> you know, little things about, you know, oh, you speak well. I've heard that before. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't expect that. Oh, you speak well. But then I go, like, I go, like, who's really, who's really racist? You know, like, even the person that says they're not, like, why would you even think that? You know, undertone. It's unconscious. A lot of stuff you don't even recognize because a lot of people, like, they always say, Black Lives Matter. I've heard this before. How many black friends you actually got? <laughs> How many black people you know? When's the last time you're actually in the same room as a black person? All of a sudden they start counting. Yeah. And I go, oh, so you don't. Well, if you, if you if count, you have to count like you, okay. If so you, you, if you count and you, you probably, you don't know many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there is Terrell and there and, is, uh, uh Jeff, Jeff at the convenience store. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like Tom is kind of dark, so maybe it might be, him yeah. too. Yeah, you know, uh, but you do notice little things, um, here and there. You just noticed it. Um, and you know, I've, I've had a really unique thing too, because all my best friends have been Caucasian, mm. you know, so it's been, a. I don't know. I've always kind of, I've always called myself like a coconut in a sense to where I'm like brown skin, white on the inside. Because a lot of time it's like, I, you know, I, I had two seasons. I'd always talk about in Yakima growing up, you know, I'd have my, my dark season and light season, mm. which would mean literally basketball and soccer. So it was like two different seasons in a sense to where I would be a country boy and I'd be hip hop and it kind of transitioned. So I, I noticed it. Well, I'm going to tell you a story of one of the times that it really kind of hit me. So I come from a mixed family. My sister is half white, half black. She looks like a sister. Looks like a light-skinned sister, but there's no mistaking. Mm. Her husband at the time, um, that's a Denzel. Oh. Uh, that motherfucker's dark. Oh, at the, and smooth. Yeah, mm. yeah, but I'm saying like, I, well, I would even go Wesley Snipes. Ooh, that yeah, dark. Yeah, that yeah, boy dark. Uh, yeah, his yeah. nickname could have been blacker than me, eee. you know, by, around the hood. Mid, <laughs> yeah. Midnight. Yeah. Um, but you know, her, her kids, dark skin, my nephews, right. Um, I'm in Atlanta. Atlanta is a, is a, is a place that black people are, are around. Yeah. You know, you can be the minority as a white person going into Atlanta. Right. And I'm eating out in Atlanta with my, my sister, her husband, my mother, white woman, my aunt, white woman. Right. And we're sitting at this place having breakfast and there's mostly black people here. But the lady that's waiting on us is a white woman. And she comes around with the coffee. Now, Jody's coffee cup is empty. Dale's coffee cup, empty. Mine half full. My mother's half full. I don't remember if my aunt was even drinking coffee. That lady offered me and my mother some coffee, never even looked in Jody's direction or Dale. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, the fuck? <laughs> you know, and she just walks off after she fills up our cup. You know? Yeah. Now I'm sitting there going, this must happen all the time. I just must not, I'm not, I must not be aware of it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and this is because of my white privilege. 
you know, because I don't I don't see a lot of that stuff. But you know where white white privilege made sense to me and the, the connection that you're talking about the minorities. You're like when you guys see each other, you're like, hey, what's up? Right? It hit me when I lived in Montreal, and I'm walking around the city, right? All the French people, right? Um, and there's some English people there too. But it really hit me right? Because you're seeing all these Patriot jerseys, Patriots everywhere. Everybody's a Patriot fan because it's close to the, and I see a Seahawk fan. I'm like, bro, what's up, bro? Yeah. You know what I mean? I get excited. Yeah, for sure. And we, we acknowledge each other and that must be what it's like, except I don't think we get beat up. I don't think we get beat up as Seahawk fans, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or discriminated I got what you're saying, in those kind of ways. But I get excited, you yeah. know what I mean? Like when I saw my my, my people, sure. you know, but I guess it's just different. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be too, because in the same aspect, like I've never, like I've always been Mexican. So, you know, I've never had a time where <laughs> I was anything else. So mm. it's the only thing I know. But I always laugh because my last name is a Caucasian last name. So I go, depending on who I'm talking to, I'm either more Mexican or more white, just depending on who I talk to. I'll say my last name, it don't matter. I'm more Carlton, depending on who I speak with. Mm. And it definitely is true. Like, <laughs> it's just, I, I just know that Anthony Carlton could definitely be a white guy. Where do you think racism started? Um, I think it started with classism. Mm. Mm. Look at those piece of shits over there. They can't even get that dinosaur down. You know? I, I think it started with something else. Um, it was created. It's definitely created. How, how, I don't, but you gotta, okay, maybe not though, man. Um, and the reason I say that is because of like old back in the day, like Neanderthals and like another type of human that's on there. Like you're gonna, you just don't like the other type of human because they look weird. Mm. Or, you know. Like, I don't know. I think it's been around. I think see, it's, I see, think it's, it's was, just like, it's innate in us. Like it, there was, there was a fear attached to a stranger to these here parts. <clears throat> yes. Right. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't necessarily color for a long, long, long but it's, time. But it's different. It is different. It is different. But see, a lot of times people didn't really look at that as being dangerous. What? Well, there, there's a fear to are, the stranger. All right, I, I'm, I'll listen to where you're going to get to in this because I was like, there's always, you don't ever okay. want anyone new to so come in your crew. And we not know we have happens. tribalism today, 100%. right? Yep. And we, we distrust anybody that isn't part of my tribe. Like, let's say I'm a Christian. Let's just, for the sake of argument, say I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. If somebody isn't part of my tribe, in a sense, they're an enemy. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean if we're talking, yes. yes. They, they have to come to my truth mm -hmm. or they're going to go to hell. They're with in league with the devil. Or they got a, yeah, right. Got a contract. So, so racism isn't part of human nature. I don't believe. But let me let me break okay. let me break down my theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my theory might not be your theory, right? Three things happen in history that led to the paradigm shift of what is today the racial agenda. First, way back in the day, the day of Aristotle. There was an idea that emerged in Platonian thought called the great chain of being. Have you ever heard of this? I have. Okay. It's sometimes also called the ladder of being. Now, if you're not familiar with this in the audience, it breaks down like this. On the chain of being, God is at the top of the chain. <laughs> Why not? Let's start with something invisible. And at the bottom of the chain is fucking dirt. Mm -hmm. 
Everything else in between God and dirt is represented by a link on the chain. From top to bottom, you've got God, then angels, and yes, they're in specific order. Some angels, like a seraphim, was higher than the archangels, who were just your average fucking angel, I suppose. But where did they get this shit? They made it up, right? <laughs> they made it up. Then you got humans, and then you had animals. This is why the the lion is the king of beasts, because they were the highest link on the chain, right? But you start to go down this fucking thing, and you go all the way to plants and then minerals. Now, you heard the term missing link? Okay, the second thing that happened is when um, when the Age of Enlightenment came, and we started to put things in specific categories. The missing link is a term that showed between the animal of the ape and the African, there was a missing link that has gone out of evolution. That's where that term came from, the missing link, right? So this was the second thing that happened after the idea of the great chain of being, because it was a hierarchy. Uh And one of the reasons why the hierarchy was pushed was because it fit in to the Catholic belief system. Uh There's a hierarchy there. The Pope was like the highest human in the religion and the King was the highest human in, in politics. Right, And we all ended up in our own little lots in life, like the classism that you talked about. But they hadn't really thought about races until the Age of Enlightenment, and that was the second thing that happened. They said, are all races equal? Okay. I'm going to build. I know if you'd like to respond to what I've said so far, you could do that. Well, I'm, I still will go with my original point. I think it all stems from something else too with what's different. Okay. That's, I really do. So, so, so Darwinism oh, and the was, age- no, that, was, that was a straight, yeah, you're an idiot. That's Darwinism and the age of enlightenment <laughs> okay. put mankind into very specific places on the chain of being. They asked, are all people equal? To which they answered, fuck no. Weird how the people that looked like them ended up a little bit closer to God, like white Jesus. Of course, all the great thinkers in position authority used biased logic, logic following the rules that they made up. And they asked, are all races equal? They didn't ask the other races, of course. They just kind of talked it out amongst themselves and decided. They said the things that are of value that are brought to the world by these different races place them as a more valuable race, right? So, and of course, what did, what did the white people that talked this out value? The shit that they made up, like cannons and fucking, <laughs> you know, religion and all this stuff. They looked at the African and they said they haven't really brought anything into the world of great value, (laughs) right? So they actually made this connection following this, right? Following this age of enlightenment. They put them in the classification according to the science of the day, right? Darwinism and all that stuff. Not that Darwin was this dude, but when they started to look at the, the races and they said, are they all equal? And they said, no, they put them closer to the animals, right? Scientists during the age of enlightenment, they drew... Uh, uh, a skull of an ape and then the skull of an African to make the comparison. And they explained the missing link theory, right? But when they, when they made a connection between the African to an animal, it justified slavery, right? So this is the kind of the third thing that happened here. It was a motivation economically to create this, as a classification. And one of the things that they leaned into was some philosophers that came out of the Catholic religion, right? They talked about slaves as having a debt of sin. 
So John Locke's theory, um, which was the guy that said we had the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Some of that liberty he talked about was as God's people, we have freedom and liberty, right? But some people were meant to be enslaved because of a sin in their history. So when it came to the African here in this country, they were seen as less than human, as closer to that of an animal, and had no uh, ability to have freedom because of that. And we were justified to have ownership of these people. God's plan, man. Now, those are the three things in history that kind of happened. Um, you know, in, in when we came here to the United States, we didn't have a king. They were seen as the highest link on the chain when it came to humans, no matter what fucking race, right? Um, but the people below, you were kind of stuck in your lot in life, mm. right? Now, that was a lot like the Catholic religion with that hierarchy. When we came here to the United States, we did away with all that king shit, right? But for a lot of uh, Protestants that came here, they believed that they were actually closer to God because they were part of the white race. And this came from this Darwinism idea and the great chain of being from Plantonian thought, right? Now, if you're, if you're a white person and you're told you're closer to God, that sounds good. You know what I mean? And, and if you have a little bit more privilege in your life, right? Like one of the first things that happened even after slavery was abolished um, the, the, what this, what happened in the schools with the segregation, it was actually all based on trains. When trains first started to separate the races, they said, okay, everybody's free and there's no more slaves anymore, but we're going to give separate, but equal box cars. So the white people are going to be in this box car, but they're going to be separated from the black people in this box car, but we're going to give equal seats and equal conditions and all this and that. That began business practice for a lot of different things. Separate bathrooms, separate water fountains, separate schools, separate but equal, right? So a lot of this worked its way into our politics and our laws setting up systemic racism. Now, part of the issue here is if you were a field slave and a house slave and the house slave gets extra privileges and the one in the field gets less privileges and they start to hate each other. One is lifted up by pride thinking that they're a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And the other one is a little bit more under control and has resentment and they don't trust each other, you know? And this has happened in our society today. Mm -hmm. Definitely does. But I'm not talking about light-skinned, black-skinned people. No. I'm talking about across the races. You got the Ku Klux Klan that was originally a Christian organization because they believed that they were closer to God. You see where I'm going with all this? Mm -hmm. Okay. Would you like to respond? Okay. Well, I don't agree, but uh, it was a really nice <laughs> argument. Um, no, I'm just joking with you. There's, there, I mean, there's, I can see the premise of everything of how you do. I just think, uh, I, <clears throat> I think that ism just came from fear. And mm. so I think that it eventually became that through hate of something or fear of something or uncertainty of something. And uh, so I don't necessarily know if, like, I, I kind of think that it's almost, what's the word I'm looking for? It's almost um, 
inevitable in a sense because of fear and because of resources. And because back in the day, it was like, it took a long time to get something that you were scared of people. You went away from them. So I think it's kind of always in our body to be, you know, um, on our toes in a sense. Um, but I think like as things progress and as things, I think it's just like, I think classism, like, I think that's more than anything. I don't know why for me. I think, I mean, it definitely went to racism. Like it's where it is now. It's like, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I think the basis of it had to do with fear in the beginning of having your resources taken from you. That's the start of it all. Mm. I don't think that, I think it's even way before Aristotle and way before, like, I'm talking like, this is in our body, like 20,000 years ago, mm. like kind of shit. Um, and it is, cause it is, you don't want anyone to take your shit. I mean, no one, even when you're a little kid, no one, you don't want no one taking your popsicle race or not. No, you just don't like people taking your shit. So it's like, next time you see that person, you're gonna be fearful of them. I don't like that shit. I hate you. You're stealing shit from me. I had nothing to do with color. It has nothing to do with your actions. And then eventually you're like, fuck man, all that black guy. One statement. Man, maybe they're all like that. Mm. Oh, that white guy steals everything. Fuck all white people. Mm. You know? So I think that fear is the premise of it all, of not knowing an outcome and not knowing how people act is, I don't like them. So I think that's more, it's like even older than that. So I kind of look at it. You know, I, I have a, a cousin, I'm not gonna mention his name, um, completely fucking racist. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. I'm gonna call it like it is, you know? We were very close as kids. I didn't know about that shit back when I was a kid. You mm -hmm. know, I was just doing my thing. And, um, but yeah, he's very fucking racist. Um, so I have friends of color. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and uh, one day he was talking about that filthy animal. Ooh, yeah. It wasn't about you, bro. <laughs> so I was like, dude, I was, I, like, I, I was like, I know, I know who we're talking about, but was, I was saying, he, he was, was it? talking, he was about some Hispanic women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I took great offense to that because I had. <laughs> it's your corazón, Nicole. Yes. It's like, that's my loves. Oh. <laughs> my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I got a thing for yes, you <laughs> some of them Hispanic women. <laughs> and I have a, a few Hispanic women friends. <laughs> yes, you, yes, and you I'm do. like, there ain't nothing filthy about uh -uh. them. You motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, I, I wanted to beat the motherfucker's ass. Now, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. I have always been kind of a bully of the bullies. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's it, just in my nature. Yeah. You know, you give me a good fight, point me in a direction. I'm going to go after that motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think that, it, I think that part of it comes from where I grew up because I was getting in fights all the goddamn time. It was like all, all on schedule. You know what I mean? But all the guys that I fought all the time in elementary school became my best friends. You know what I mean? They became my best friends. Yeah. And I became an aggressive person like that. And I have to fucking really work not to be that dude today. But when that motherfucker said that, that filthy animal, dude. The only time I've ever seen you upset, that was not this situation. I'm not even sure which one it was. No, I know. But this had to do, it was, the only time I've ever seen you like that was had to do with that person. When I heard mm. like he said something and you go, what the fuck did you just say? Or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, it was a tone I never, cause you never, we've never had 
we've never had any disagreement like that. Right, you know? right, so right, I've never right. heard that tone. And it was like a quick, like my head turned like Was that snapped. towards my cousin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My head snapped, bro. I was like, what the fuck? Because it, it was, it was, it was you. Like, that was it. I was like, oh, that motherfucker's real. Like, yeah. you can hear it in your voice. You're like, oh, no, no, that's, that guy's been through some shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was- he- yeah. You know, and I'm really not the one to talk about racism because this is the thing. As a white person, you really can't. You know what I mean? Uh, KRS-One has said that white people have to be part of the conversation. And I always talk about it. But this is the reason why I really shouldn't be because I really fucking will never really truly understand. I can look at statistics. Mm. I can look at numbers. I can see what happened with my sister in that coffee, but I'll never understand until I'm fucking in those shoes. 100%. But I think it's okay to, it, you, you do deserve to talk about it and ask questions about it and learn about it. Mm. That is true. Always. Mm. Any Anyone that wants to better themselves and learn and ask questions that doesn't have any ill intentions, bro. Come on, fam. That's like the beauty of humanity. Mm. You know, like listen to somebody. You know, I'm always down. Like, I mean, you and I are obviously on this podcast for a reason because we are this type of person that's willing to yeah. change our mind. Like, I, it's funny. I uh, I was, dri- one of my coworkers and I were driving today and he said something and I go, you know what? I'm wrong, bro. And he goes, what? And I go, I'm wrong. Like I said to him, I go, I actually, that's a really good point, man. I go, I changed my mind. You're right. And he goes, that easy? I go, when people bring me, reality and facts and logic, it's really hard for me to argue. I go, I tried. You, you, that was a good argument. Okay, I agree with you. I'm going to tell you a story about, <laughs> about how fucked up I am. Okay. okay. I, like the, I like these stories. Okay, okay, because I'm fucked up. Fuck it. Right? You and I both. In, in different ways. Yes. And, and sometimes there's an innocence about me that just doesn't get the bigger picture. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was funny. So, so there was this dude. I'm, I, I like the dude. He, I, I would speak for my part. He is, I am his friend. I am his friend. I don't know. I didn't know him well. I knew him for a short period of time, but I, I was his friend. I respected him. I liked him. His name was Elrock. That was his rap name. Awesome name. He was a rapper out of Tacoma. The motherfucker is top notch. Rob mixed some of his music for him, right? And I wrote a little script for a music video. That, that I know this. some of the people from film school that I went to made this music video. The music video ended up being complete shit, by the way. Complete shit, right? I wasn't the motherfucking filmmaker. I wrote the screenplay or the, you know, the, the script for it. And it was a good fucking <laughs> script, let me tell you what. It was for a song that he wrote called Fighter. Now, he wrote this motherfucker in an afternoon when we were telling him about something we were filming right? About some boxers. We were going behind the scenes and following some boxers around. And this dude wrote this song and I wrote the fucking script for a song. And I'm doing the presentation to Elrock and his entourage. Now, I'm not going to say that he carries a gun. Um, I'm not going to say that anybody in his crew carried a gun. (laughs) His producer might have had a gun. I don't know. So I, I, I would guess that some the guns was there. Allegedly. Right? Now, I'm the only white dude in the room. And there's probably 15 people here. And I'm going through a script. No. Yes. Don't say it. Now, now I'm reading the script. Now, the script has dialogue. Mm-hmm. It comes from his rap song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So just to be able to tell the oh, story, no. the right context. Oh, no. I'm going to switch the word. I'm going to take all the letters of the word and I'm going to flip them around the different parts and places, right? So I'm going to use all the letters, the two G's, 
you know, the, and I'm just, I'm going to say ginger every time That's hilarious. that I said this word <laughs> in front of these dudes, right? Room full of dudes, possibly with guns. And I'm just going through the script and I'm not really thinking that there's any hatred in it. I'm, I'm trying to read the lyrics. <laughs> You're literally doing your then, job. Like and then job. Ex- yeah, explaining yeah. where we are going to be seeing visually yeah. when we shoot it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, there's a car driving up and, da, 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 and here's ginger this, ginger that. <laughs> I'm a ginger, you know, <laughs> and um, about halfway through, Chris, who is the the dude that I knew, really the best, a brother, he goes, um, Sean, I'm going to have to stop you right there. <laughs> I said, what, what, what's up, brother? <laughs> In my most innocent way. It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. He goes, um. I don't think that you're using that word right. <laughs> he goes, you see, we don't say er, we say are. I said, what? <laughs> he had to break down the difference in the language. Mm-hmm. And I was just really trying to, I mean, I didn't know, dude. Yeah, of course. But I'm lucky I didn't get shot. Yeah. It- and, and, you know, everybody had a good laugh about it. But, you know, I, I, I just don't have the, the mentality for the sensitivity of the word either. Because when you come from... I don't know, dude, my nickname when I was young, everybody called me Brother Love, mm-hmm. right? This is what this is what the white people called me because I was too much like the brothers. brothers yeah. And then the brothers, you know what they used to call me? The N-word? Crack a smooth. Oh, okay. That was a, that was a smooth-ass cracker right oh, there. Okay. That's a, which one? That cracker right there? No, no, oh, no the smooth Smooth-ass cracker. No, the smooth-ass cracker. Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. So yeah. I had two different nicknames yeah. depending on if I was with the white That's friends funny. or the black friends. But I never, I never really, um, I don't know. I just, I, I never got it, dude. I never got it because I was just missing the, I don't know that, that little hatred on the word or something in my heart. Um, I don't know how to put it, dude. Yeah. For but sure. like, I, I didn't get it and I'm lucky I didn't get fucking whooped the fuck down, dude. Cause I didn't know most yeah. of these motherfuckers. It's, yeah. And like your boy handled it like, Hey man, yo, yo, I'm not sure this is the right way, dog. And it was just like, ha, 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 you know. Oh, even Lil Rock was cool with it. That's man. What, he, everybody was, That's what actually. I'm saying. Like, you had, you. they all knew what was going on. So it was just kind of like a moment where it's just like, motherfucker, Yeah, but crazy? I felt bad. Oh, honey, yeah. You Dude, could, ginger this, ginger you that. Know, um, for sure. Bro, it's just like saying certain things to people that you don't know. You know, like, you just don't even know, like, you have a son. Like, bro, you look like you on the tism, dog. Or like, you on the spectrum or something. And it's like, well, my son is. Mm. Just like oh shit, or you're just like you know. Lo- I'm happy they're not here. Really, that was my cousin. Mm. He was like oh shit, you know. Like so, um, same thing. You know, I was I've been introduced. I, I one of the things I my uh, my boss is black, and one of the things I joked about was when I grew up. I got I go I got my black card at like six years old, bro, because I was introduced as the N word everywhere I went because I was all my all my friends were like the black basketball guys. Growing mm. up, and then my white soccer players. So, like I told you, the two seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, it was just uh, for the longest time. And then I just, I never. The only time I, I asked, <laughs> I asked one time, like, when can I say that? And they go, lyrics. <laughs> that was the only time they told me they like lyrics, not your own lyrics, but when you're rapping someone else's lyrics. That's the only time you can say it mm. freely. See, I don't um, think I can say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe not. And I, yeah, you're right. For sure, but, I, but I've thought about the ginger thing. That's why I came I up with that. I think that's great, bro. I can switch it to ginger because yeah. I'm a motherfucking ginger. That's right, man. Uh-huh. Look at that ginger over there. Yeah, that's that's right. hard R ginger. 
But here's the re- here's one of the here's one of the reasons why I'll never really understand because I don't really mm-hmm. fully understand how how devious the control through our society is. And the reason why Lynch Mob is the song that I wrote because I was making a connection between what what Willie Lynch did way back when to where he divided everybody to what goes on today in our our politics and our media the way we're pushed in the tribes. Right? This is the idea. Because as long as we're divided, we'll never be together. And there's things in place that keep us all divided, right? Um, but here's how devious, mm. devious shit is. Dirty talk. The slave Bible. Mm. Have you ever heard of the slave Bible? That's what the, I have. And that's what that one thing too, breaking the hoe, baby. No, no, no. Oh, not that one? No, no, no. A slave Bible was a version of the holy book first published for the Society for the Conversion yeah. of Negro Slaves I, in 1807 in London. Yes. You know about this? Thing? I do. Yeah. Um, it's in the history, uh, People's History of the United States. Howard's mm. in. Yeah. They talk and about here in the United States in the 19th century, this book was pushed, right? But here's the thing. They, they took out parts of the Bible, right? They, they took out sections of Exodus, yeah. the book of Psalms, and the book of Revelation, because it could instill in slaves a dangerous hope for freedom and dreams of equality, right? Now, these are the people that make the Bible. These are the people yeah. that make the Bible, oh, so, right? But so. here's the thing. Um, like my, my family, the black people in my family are huge Christians. And, and, you know, I don't know how this happens. How did you, how did your family history come from Africa Lose your gods and get the gods of the people that enslaved you. I mean, my, it's, I mean, politics aside, I mean, I have a lot of Trump supporting family. Yeah. And he's like, Mexicans are rapists. But here's my vote. Mm. See, and I don't land on either side of shit anymore because I actually, I actually see a lot of division coming from both sides, but there's ideas in every direction that you look, that it's like, oh, that's a good idea. It is, yeah. You know, <laughs> but I don't think sometimes people could see it because there's so much in their fucking tribe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I to this day, I think that that Trump was a big mistake, um, for the bigger agenda of our government politics and shit like that. I don't think anybody saw him coming, right? And I think he did stir shit up, and oh. that's what a lot of people liked about him mm-hmm. is he wasn't part of the swamp establishment, however yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. But you know, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend right. kind of a thing yeah. is, is I think where a lot of people went, but you know, getting back to this, this slave Bible, you know what I mean? Like this is a different type of control. You know, this is a different type of control. There's a mentality that, um, that was given to the people when they were freed as slaves through this religion. And I, it was marketed. I guarantee you, man, it was like this. We're going to give you a set of holy Bibles because you guys are equal to us. Oh, I'm sure. Sold. So I'm like, sure. So you read, 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 read. It made it a point to like the white Bible. Do not let this shit out of your sight. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you have to have for um, for the uh, intellectual subversion? You have to have control of three things. The education system, the intellectuals, the people that put out the ideas, and the propaganda Right, so the book, the slave Bible, was the propaganda. 
right? The intellectuals was that society, mm -hmm. right? Uh, what was the name of that society? Um, the Society for the Conversion of the Negro Slaves. Mm. <laughs> These are the intellectuals. Sounds great, wasn't <laughs> yeah. yeah, it? Then, and then the other thing was the education system, you know? And like you bring in the idea of separate but equal with the schools. Turns out they weren't getting an equal education. Uh, Weird. Yeah. Weird. We don't want them to think too much. No. You know, but the class today, I think this happens today in class, not necessarily white or black. I think that the same control exists. And we talked about it with schools just in the last couple of weeks. It's classism, man, now. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Classism. I mean, there's always going to be racism and undertone. It's going to, you know, it's always, but it's classism. Like a wealthy white person doesn't want to fucking talk to white trash. Mm. It's like the same way. There's no racism with billionaires. Mm. I go, you think Michael Jordan is getting called the N word <laughs> in right. this group? I mean, maybe behind, maybe. And it's like unbeknownst, but I don't think so. I think like when you're in a billionaire's crew, you cool. Mm. You know, oh, there he is. And hey, so Mike, congrats. No, I just, but I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously I'm nowhere near that, you know? So, but I don't know. Like I just, I've always thought about that. Like, is there a lot of racism? <laughs> Cause there's also obviously, like Asian billionaires, Indian billionaires, Russian billionaires, mm. Nigerian billionaire. So is there racism? Like I've always I was like, I don't think there's racism about billionaires. Do you think if you're an Asian billionaire and you're in the United States, you get super happy to see another Asian billionaire? Just like I was seeing Seahawk friends around Montreal. I mean, Motherfucker. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, prob prob probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have, I don't know. I don't know. If that's funny. That's a good question. Well, Talking about the school thing for just a minute. And, you know, these these topics of the poverty and the red line districts that we did like, uh, you know, three, four weeks ago, mm -hmm. right? And then the schools and now lynch mob, the idea of, of Willie Lynch and this type of stuff. They all kind of blend together. You know, all these things, I put them in order for, uh, on the album for a reason. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, of course. Yeah, I do things on purpose sometimes, mm. but here, here's- <laughs> I do things always on purpose sometimes. <laughs> here's, um, here's something that kind of ties back into the schools, yeah. right? It is a fact, nothing short of a miracle that the modern methods of instruction have not yet entirely strangled the holy, holy curiosity of inquiry. It is a very grave mistake to think at the enjoyment of seeing and searching can be promoted by coercion and a sense of duty. Now, this is talking about the schools of the day. You know who said that shit? Rockefeller. Albert Einstein. Oh, Albert thing. Einstein. He, he, put, he put out the idea that our schools were about coercion and creating a sense of duty. And if you remember some of the stuff that we talked about in mm -hmm. the mind of a slave... Right? This is some of the stuff that existed. Yeah. So you've got, you know, the the slave Bible, and then you got the education system, you know. So, you know, here we are with lynch mob, lynch mob, Willie Lynch dividing us, dividing us. How tribal are, is the world today? I mean, I think very. Very. Yeah. How are we ever going to see that that a lot of the things that bind us together, we're all caring about? Yeah, it's pretty weird, huh? We want to earn a living wage. Yeah, it's pretty weird, huh? Yeah. That never gets talked about in the debates. Never. How often does that topic even come up in the news, dude? I can't even think of the last time I heard a labor issue mm. in the news. 
now that you say that, not like I'm, you know, I'm not watching the news like every night or anything like that, but I can't think of last time like major labor news dropped. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know the last time. Maybe the only thing that I would say is like minimum wage in Washington, but mm. that's just state. And that's not even the name. That's not the state. It's King County, which has kind of bled into, I think, all of even Snohomish County. But mm. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a little bit of these lyrics. Let's go. Poverty doesn't have walls like black, mm. like white. These ideas and mind divide. Black and white views they lock my eyes. Let the soldiers ride and die. White privilege walls, they'll built with prod. I know this as I walked privilege lies. How much do you trust eyes to find? Thin veil collects set eyes to blind. All I know is not to trust voiced views, dangerous. <laughs> Framed, framing us in another's eyes. It's like Lynch framed us to think we decide. Run the ball. So that those lyrics... That song I recorded in Atlanta. Did you know that? I did. Do you know the story about that shit? Is well, I think so. Do you? The Rick Ross story? Well, well, like I'm saying, yeah, I, yeah, I, know, I know the whole story. That's the story. I know the whole story. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine what it was like for me to go to Atlanta? <laughs> yeah, crazy. To record this song? Yeah. Now, what you don't know is the music. Now, I didn't. I didn't expect to go to a studio. I knew I was going to Atlanta to see my sister and then we were going to drive to Chicago. So my, my sister has MS and she was driving her car to Chicago. So her son, my nephew could fix her car. And I was going to fly to Atlanta, see my sister and have a little vacation. And I thought, well, let me help drive to Chicago. I'm thinking about all that stuff. I'm not thinking about going to a studio in Atlanta. Two days before I get there, I was like, motherfucker, I'm going to be in Atlanta. Let me get some studio time. This is Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? But here's the issue. I glow in the dark. <laughs> That's true. I can't just go up into Atlanta and fucking hit this shit, right? But two days before I go, I realized I could go and I, I wanted to schedule some time. So I asked my sister to make the appointment. A sister making the appointment. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. You didn't tell me that part of that. Oh, yeah. I yeah. wanted, I because I couldn't be obvious. <laughs> I couldn't be obvious that Curious G's glowing <laughs> in the dark over here. That's cracker smooth. I was, bro. I was like, damn, this boy got gay down there. Uh, yeah. Straight in the studio I mean, doing his thing. I mean, I got smooth on him a little bit. <laughs> they didn't expect it, I'm sure. I'm sure they were shocked. Probably. They were shocked when yeah, I walked in. Definitely. Um, this is 11th Street Studios. So people like Usher's been there. People like Alicia Keys has been there, right? People like Tupac has been there. People like Biggie Smalls has been there. You know, some motherfuckers have stood where I stood. Ludacris has been there. And I'm fucking blown away. I'm sitting there taking pictures of all the albums on the wall, dude. Two days before I made this appointment, okay, I flew out on a Saturday. The music was made on Friday. We built the beat, Rob and I, specifically to honor Atlanta. Imagine the balls. I got to walk in that motherfucker with a song we just made. You know, with the topic that this is. I so, can see both things. It's either like, what the fuck? Or I don't give a fuck, bro. Now, like, I, had to, I had to start off this song right. 
right? Because not only do I feel like as a white person, I really haven't earned the right to speak on this topic the way that I'm speaking on this topic, you know? And that's why I'd approach it from the white privilege perspective a little bit. Hmm. But I'm trying to relate it to today, um, the way that tribalism has happened. But I wanted to start the song off with a small intro and, and, and point out the fact that I'm a white person doing a style of music that generally throughout history has been more people of color than white people. And I'm a white person that just started to do hip hop going into this fucking studio in Atlanta to record where these people stood, you know, uh, Usher and, and fucking Ludacris, you know, these artists that are just fucking amazing, you know, and who the fuck am I? Right. So the way, the way the lyrics start off in this song, like getting soft dick undressed, mm. <laughs> the way I hit the mic averaged at best <laughs> stage presence. Oh, hell yes. But no one's ever said, ah, picturesque. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> so, you know, I had to come in with a little bit of humor. Definitely. And, you know, this is the first time that the dude that recorded me is, is hearing it. You know what I mean? These are the lines, you know? So he didn't, he didn't even know what the fuck lynch mob was going to be about. And then I just came off the dome with the rest of the shit that I just said a minute ago. Imagine the reaction. It was the look of utter confusion. Disgust, um, and I'm not disgust as in like that's gross that you're doing it. Like just like the the look. Remember when I looked at that food recently and I looked angry? Yeah. Where you just like, ugh, like that was ugh. Yeah, it was good. It's good. Dude, dude thought it was cool. Yeah. He 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 was like, no, I know exactly who Willie Lynch is. You know, because uh, you know that's special to some people. Yeah. You know that information. And he didn't know that I knew, even though I had a sister that's a sister, and he she was with us, right? Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was an experience, dude. Yeah. And and part of me feels like I shouldn't be talking about this, but how do you do the kind of style that I'm doing, especially in a project like The Prophet 2022, and not talk about race, right? Mm -hmm. How do you not talk about it and not talk about tribalism? You do talk about it. I do. Yeah. And this that's, was, that's what it is. It's this like, was my yeah, best. Yeah. And I, I respect your approach to it because it is with respect as well. Like there's no one, you're never, you're trying, you're trying to build up the tribe. You're never trying to tear anyone down, mm. you know, with your music. And I'm all, you know, I'm all about that. That's like your message in, in general. Like I would say that's a, almost like a core value of yours yeah. is like to, to build people up. Like yeah. don't tear people down. Like I don't, Granted, when we're talking shit about sports and stuff, that don't count. But about real life, like circle, I never heard you like go out of your way to hurt somebody, you know, do something to somebody. I've so, been that dude. Yeah, I, I I guarantee you've been that dude. I've been and that And you, you stole for them and then asked them for the money that you stole. And then you stole. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, what are you talking yeah, about? I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I've been a bad man. Yeah, oh, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But you know what? We don't need no hero. Mm -mm. Not today. Not today. You know what? You don't need a hero today. You need a bad man. That's right. <laughs> I'm a bad man. Let me be your bad man and take on some of these topics because I'm imperfectly human. And I'm going to make some mistakes when I talk about this shit. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. I'm going to put my foot in the mouth. I'm going to say, ginger this, ginger that. I might get almost shot. Oh, you stupid ginger. Oh, Jesus, I'm a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Lighten up. But here's the other thing. Yeah. And this is, this is one of my heroes, Malcolm. Malcolm. 
Malcolm Jenkins? No. Oh. X. <laughs> oh, okay. The reason why he's one of my heroes is because this is a dude that was in the middle of a religion and was faced with the truth and he questioned instead of covering up. He brought it out into the open, which most people, when they get their beliefs challenged, they justify, mm-hmm. right? Like if I'm, if I'm a Christian and, and all of a sudden some scientist comes out and says that the uh, sun is not the, or the earth is not the center of the universe, that we're actually traveling around the sun and travel, you know what I mean? Kill that motherfucker. Because yeah. <laughs> he's not supporting what I believe or have said. Right. So this is one of the things that Malcolm says, and this is what I love about this dude. Right. He says, if you're not careful, the newspapers are going to get you to love the oppressor and hate the people that you should be connected to. Right. That and it's that's very true to today. That is very true to today. What a powerful statement. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he said newspapers because in his time, that's what it would be. But w- would that true statement be in the form of social media? It's just, it's media. You can put that, because now media is, obviously there's one, yeah, it's media. It could be mm-hmm. Social media, I'm thinking of specifically because how social is social media? Well, I would assume some. No, it, not, well, <laughs> Pick a tribe. Yeah, for sure. I'm you like, well, ride or die. Uh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so everyone here can catch your vibe. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever you agree with, I agree with. Oh, uh, <laughs> whatever it is. Well, listen, we're, we got about six minutes. I I really think that that you need to break down some shit on this episode. You know, I want you to take the last little bit in any direction that you want because. Um, there's only so much talking on this topic I should really be doing. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> first, appreciate all you guys listening, mm. always. And uh, I just got comfortable, so shit's about to get real, oh, real serious. Nah, so, um, <clears throat> you know, one thing that <clears throat> I find very interesting in this era is is this lynch mob. And I I look at it as like now woke culture is like lynching people. We're not killing people like we were back in the day, but it's like, you're, you're literally taking away everything somebody has. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, we we're living in a very fearful society Mm -hmm. um, because no one knows quite what's happening. And I mean this even in the sense of, you know, the labor market, you know, no one knows exactly what's going to happen next. So it's kind of a, a weird place. So there's a lot of fear and, I think that, you know, within, within racism, you know, I, like I said already, that, that is like, that's the premise of it. And that's what I believe. But I believe that until you're willing to be wrong, like you, you're never going to truly understand somebody. You never will in general, but you can try to do it as best as you can. But it's conversations, man. That's the one thing that we really want to focus on in our day-to-day. Um, I know it is with me and I know it is with Curious G. I know that there's people out there that do listen to this that are open to conversations. Uh, we go to a dinner where we have some very you know, controversial topics, but no one ever gets wild. 
No one ever gets crazy. We respect each other. And I'm, I have to hear other people's opinions. You have to, man. I don't ever want to be put in a situation to where my, my enthusiasm for learning stops. Because once it does, I feel like I'm dying. And that's what I think about this. Like if we don't have these conversations, that becomes the precedent. And therefore, there's no turning back. Like when something's the precedent, that's what it is. You only go forward. You don't go backwards. Mm. We don't do that in this world. We are, we are travelers. We're Americans. You know, we're humans. We travel. We, that's besides the point. That's the other thing. Exploration is what I was trying to get at. But one thing that really needs to be focused on, man, is these conversations. I know it sounds, it's, it's a dull, broken record, man. But, you know, it's that whole thing. If you know that fucking answer, then go do it, man. Like for reals, it's like, you can't keep blaming other people. This is one thing, man, you have to look in the mirror. You have to see how you can change. Because if you, know, you want to make a difference in someone else's life, you got to have your shit together too. And I know that from you know, some of the personal things that I've had in my life. I better get my shit together. We all have to. <laughs> we all can be better. You know, I, I know every day I want to be better. And people, oh, that's your ego. No, man, that's humanity. This is my chance. I don't know what's after this shit, but I have an opportunity now to be the best version of me. That's learning as much as I can. That's not, not liking somebody, hating somebody because they're a little bit different than me. Like now I embrace that shit. I don't need another version of me. I can barely stand myself, you know? So it's just a opening up your circle, opening up your eyes. And as cliche as this is, open up your heart to be willing to listen to somebody. You know, love thy brother is a lost art form. Mm. No, I, it's nuts. And this is why, I, you know, I don't say love a lot, but why I love my circle. Mm. I say I love you to my boys all the time, you know? You, I mean, I've said it to you. I've said it. I mean, I love my boys, man. I love my family. And you have to find something that you love and it's worth willing to protect, you know, and your freedom could be that, could be anything. But you have to sit there and decide what is important to you. To me, and I, I'm going to speak for Curious G here, but it's, it's informing people on truths, informing people on options, informing people on possibility nothing is stagnant man this shit is ever going it's never going to stop and even if it is isn't like say it does happen think about legacy think about how you're treating people think about your lasting impression like bro we we, we better as a unit than we are apart and we're always going to be that's why teamwork is so awesome yeah you know so that's my little two thoughts of the day appreciate it freestyle that shit so hopefully you got something out of it uh you are a freestyle dude. I, I mean, that is true. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I enjoy not knowing what's going to happen and talking. So. so here on this show, we frame most of these topics through songs that I've put out into the world. And one of the reasons why I'm framing this stuff through art is because art is one of those places that breaks down racial barriers. It's one of those things that breaks down class barriers. It's one of those places that we get to be ourselves and bring a little bit of our own self and our own culture into the world, right? This is a place where artists can come together. And the idea of this show goes back to artists helping artists. I want to frame topics through the lens of art so that we can understand each other and the world around us a little bit better. That's the point. 
I'm hoping at some point we're going to start using some other art besides mine. I would like some other artists to be a part of this conversation. Um, hopefully we can start finding some out mm. there. It's, it's no, 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 no hope. Mm. It's keep listening along and enjoy this ride that we're about to take you upon and be a part of. There's some big things going on. Your uh, man, Curious G over there has, has quite a, has quite a big project that he wants to accomplish. Yes. And I like big projects. I also like big girls and I cannot lie. <laughs> you other brothers can't deny um, nah, but we, we got some stuff going on here, man. So keep in touch, keep in tune, pay attention to what's going on in the world, man. But there's some, there's some cool shit in the pipeline. And I think we should do a little shout out to Rob too, because without him, this show couldn't come off the way that it does Rob's with the cool. professionalism that we have in our audio. Um, and, and to tell everybody, you know, how good this dude is. Um, yes, I did have to go into the studio in Atlanta on a Sunday and record a song that I didn't get to practice because I traveled all day Saturday and the shit was wrote, written on Friday. But he had to write this motherfucker at the last minute. I said, man, I want a music thing that honors the people in Atlanta for all the hip hop that's come out of that area. Because if I'm going to talk about this topic and if I'm going to record this topic in Atlanta, let's honor Atlanta. And this dude came out with the music for this track here on a dime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? On a dime. And to be honest with you, I think his music is some of the best I've ever heard. I would be nothing except somebody reading fucking lyrics off of a piece of paper if it wasn't for the altar of his sound. So this show, in a lot of ways, needs to honor that dude too. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. You're the best. All right, truth to power. I am Curious G. It's your boy Ace Cannon. We are imperfectly human. And we are out. I tend to believe that racism was not inherent in the human condition. I don't think people said, fuck, man, I'm bored. What do you want to do? Shit, man, I don't know. I'm tired of religious persecution. Hey, you want to rape some people? Who? Olga? Again? She don't even pretend to fight no more. Hey, I know. How about we focus our hatred and violence on people of other skin tones? <laughs> wow! What a fresh take on hate and unprovoked violence. I love it. Hmm. Now, I think racism has been cultivated into the worldview of many people living in the world today. And I think it was intentional. I know right now at least someone is saying to themselves, <laughs> Bullshit. Okay. Good point. I guess. But consider this. People have always distrusted outsiders. There's a fear associated with the stranger to these here parts. And for good reason. Because raping and pillaging just seemed like more fun when it was taken on tour across Europe, especially if you have a boat. Ever rape someone at an annual family reunion? Most people don't. Well, there are some pockets in the South, I suppose, where it's quite popular. But hey, if you did, for the most part, if people plan to rape and pillage, 
it's really less awkward if you don't run into them at Mima's birthday party. I understand. The grouping together of peoples and the distrusting of other groups of people moving the fuck in on your stuff, well, sure, especially if they've been there before and happened to rape some of your friends. But when did people start becoming filled with hatred toward people with other shades of skin color? Seems to me that outsiders are a threat, no matter who it is doing the fucking pillaging. Here in the United States, had we been racist all along? Or had racism been part of someone's agenda? In towns where you are unlikely to find anyone who knows at least one NWA song, it's a fair bet that there might be at least one David Allen Coe CD, probably even more so than black people. Now, if you don't know who David Allen Coe is, he wrote all-American hit songs like Take this job and shove it. Oh, and the family favorite, Come Stains on the Pillow. And of course, his much-beloved racist music like Leroy the Big Lip Negro off his Christmas album. No shit. I'm not making this up. Pull out your phones if you must. This song was a rendition of Rudolph the Redneck Racist. I'm sorry. It was the red-nosed reindeer. You know, when you get a song stuck in your head, you just tend to sing it all day. Truly, in cities, we find less racist behavior than we do in less populated areas in the middle of nowhere. Not that it doesn't exist, and not that people in the country are racist, but in large cities, when it comes to race, people are vastly more understanding. Because people in cities tend to be around each other a little bit more. And when we're around each other, some of those viewpoints go to the wayside. We become familiar, and we realize we're not so different. People in cities had no problem voting for a black president. Of course, they just called it voting for president. People of all colors did vote for Obama in American cities. Thank you, popular vote. When we live side by side, work with one another, go to school together, eat together, racist behavior begins to lessen and in some cases disappears entirely. I think it could be in part because we are not, by nature, racist as human beings. And of course, we also seem to like fucking each other. So there's that. My dick has been a longtime champion of the Equal Dick Opportunities Movement. And I have found many colors of vagina willing to reach across the boundaries of race. But we test one another, don't we? I became friends with this black dude back in Florida. He was racist fishing when we first met, using a tactic I like to call fucking with whitey, just to see how I would react. Brother pulled me aside maybe like on the third day of working together. I was new at the company, and in front of a couple of his pals, he said in a loud voice for his buddies to hear, Hey man, you ever fuck a black girl? So, I met him on his own terms. Whitey fucking back. Well, sure. <laughs> Lots. <laughs> Why, you looking for some tips? Try rolling your shoulders, man. 
play that shit off beat like jazz. Slip into some of them soft blues and shit like that for about four minutes. Tops. But do not, and I repeat, do not at that time drop it like it's hot. What you do next? You break your bat. Busting beats to James Brown's I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Now, when James says, I open the door and get it myself, that's when you drop the beat. You lift your feet and booyah. Bust up in them guts, man. Drop it like it's hot. Now you're working with Bisquick. Let's just say he didn't know what the fuck to say with that. Point is, we know how to play nice when it comes to fucking each other. You really don't need to watch a lot of interracial porn to figure that out. No matter the race, people are coming together. You know, you can accuse pornographers of many things, but they have been more open to equality than many churches across this country. Not only when it comes to the racial equality, but they actually do great work when it comes to knowing someone of the same sex in the biblical sense, if you know what I'm saying. Thank you, porn. Well, that has been our show. Boy, I hope I didn't piss you guys off too much with this one. It's really a sensitive topic for a lot of us and a little bit uncomfortable to have the discussion. But if I'm being honest... That's kind of what this show is about, is having those difficult conversations and having the right to be wrong and saying stupid stuff. We're all about being imperfectly human. And in my defense, I think we need a little bit more of that. These days in social media, everybody wants to frame themselves as picture perfect. No wonder suicide is climbing so high among kids. Sometimes they just don't really kind of feel like they fit. Well, on this show, we all fit. And we're all okay. We're just being human. And anytime I can accept a little bit of my humanity, it becomes easier to accept yours. So hopefully, you stick around with this topic, and you stick around with this show. I believe in it, and I hope you do too. Thank you. If I know that in this hotel room they have food every day and I'm knocked on the door every day to eat and they tell and they open the door, let me see the party, let me see like them throwing salami all over the you know, I mean just like throwing food around, but they're telling me there's no food. You know what I'm saying? Every day I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry. After about a week, that song is going to change. We hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me a little food, right out the door. After years, you just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting, you know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry. Cash in, cash is in. Okay, bro, go ahead begin. Paid by the rhyme, so I toss my two cents in. Two cents in. Ain't never free if they hit like money spent. Check pockets getting thin. Ain't broke, pretty bad. Lost half my cash, full conscious cleared. Battle back against hate and fear. My two cents in, pulled one cent in. It's 50 cent in the wind. Cash shit talk never mends. When I was ass out broke, I'd meet them ends. 